Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. People outside of Christ, people that don't know the Lord, they don't even know that they're lost. They don't know the penalty that they'll pay for remaining lost. And many people don't know what Christ has done to forgive them and redeem them and save them. There are people that think God hates them and he's mad at them and there's no chance for them and there's no way out. They don't know that God would forgive anybody and everybody if they would just come. And so God says, you're a steward of that, right? We get to go out with that message. I have a responsibility to share that message and put it out there and give it to people. We all have had responsibilities that we shirked, whether at home or at work. Oftentimes, it's because we're lazy and we know if I don't do it, someone else will. Pastor Bill reminds us today that we have a responsibility as Christians to spread the news of the gospel. Once you know something, you can't unknow it. And if you know Jesus is Lord, it becomes your duty to share that with anyone and everyone that you can. You have truth. Why would you not want anyone you know to have it too? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Let me give a brief recap for anybody that maybe hasn't been with us as we're, we're going through 1 Corinthians and uh, we had two studies in chapter 3. As we came to the end of it, Paul had been speaking to them about not being divided, um, some of the things that they were struggling with. Remember that the, the letter of 1 Corinthians is a lot of it is a, a correction that's being given out. The Corinthian church was very carnal. In their carnality, they had raised up human leadership to a point that was above God. And so Paul, as he's writing to them, is correcting that. That uh, We talked about that last week that we have, I have respect for the, the spiritual leaders that God has put in my life, as we all should. But to a place there, none of them are Jesus to me and nor should they be, nor do they want to be. And if there's a good spiritual leader, they don't want to be Jesus to you. Um, so the goal of good spiritual leadership is to lead people to who? To Jesus. That way, if I could be out the way, you still got Jesus. You know, I'm not available 24 seven. I don't know everything and I can't do anything, but he does and he can. So I do you a great favor by leading you to him. If I lead you to me, I'm really kind of messed up. I've led you to limited uh, I don't have everything. I can't do any. I mean, I can do something, but I can't I'm, I can't do everything, you know, so that's the goal of spiritual leadership. So even for you guys that are leading people, uh, be it in church ministry, be it in your families, in your households, you know, there's a time as parents where I want to I want my kids to come to me because the kids do stupid stuff. But there's a point at which you want them to graduate to where you taught them how to read the Bible, taught them how to pray, taught them how to seek the Lord on their own to where, you know, your kid get about 16, 17. You want to see that. Can you pray in here? Can you get a word from the Lord? Can you get direction? And so my my daughter right now, what we started doing with her at junior high, everything, whenever we came into conflict, I'm like, OK, well, I do the same thing I do with my wife. Me and mom will pray. You go pray. And we'll all come back together. And there's a purpose in that, right? If if two people pray to God, the same God, about the same thing, and God is not the author of confusion, he's going to give us the same information. We'll be back on one accord. So there have been times where we go pray, and I pray, and she pray. Now, God may speak to us differently, but we all end up on the same sheet. It's like high five, glory to God, we all get moving. There have been a couple times where... You know, I'm saying you really want to do this. I don't have a piece about it. I'll pray. Maybe I'm wrong. I prayed about it and I feel stronger now. God, I got scriptures to go behind it. Not just my feelings. 
And I had once, my daughter came back and she was like, I don't want to pray about this thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so that's okay. You don't want what God wants, you know, but that's the goal of spiritual leadership to get them to where, you know, you pray, you hear, you connect with the Lord. So that's the goal for us. And so Paul is telling the Corinthian leader, the Corinthian church, he's saying, you guys have elevated men. And so that's an offense to Christ who wants us to be looking to him. And then Paul says, I'm not going to be guilty of having y'all look to me. And so he's correcting it. He's setting those things in order. Chapter four is interesting. Um, Paul uses himself, uses the other guys as examples in three different areas um, that we'll look at. Um, and they'll sound funny. They'll sound, you know, you'll see as we go. But stewards, Paul's going to encourage them. We're stewards. We're all stewards. Paul's a steward. We're stewards. So what's that look like? What is a steward supposed to do? We're made, we've made stewards of, we'll talk about that in a minute. So then he says, he tells them that we're fools. So we're stewards. Uh, Paul says, hey, we, we're fools for Christ's sake, not just regular old fools. And then the last thing is says that we're, we're imitators. We're copycats. We're imitating the Lord. As I was looking at each thing, that's kind of the breakdown of this chapter. It's just 21 verses. But I looked at it and I thought, wow, you know, each one of these things is an assault to the pride of man. A steward has to recognize that everything he has comes from the Lord. It's not mine. Right. If I'm a steward of something, then I don't really possess it. My master possesses it, but it's it's in my hands. I'm, I'm just using it uh, for a period of time. It's not mine. I don't do what I want with it. I want to be a good steward of it. When I'm a steward of somebody else's stuff, it's different than when it's my own stuff. Um, something that I learned when I was younger, um, I, I never liked driving other people's cars. That's just a great responsibility. It's like, if I crash my car, I'd be like, man, I crashed, but it's my car. I mean, you know, it's only got hurt so bad. But if I crash your car, oh, I feel terrible. Because if it were my car and I crashed it and I can't fix it, you know, I got to wait. But if I crash your car and I can't fix it, I feel bad. And you feel bad. It's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad thing, you know. I, I don't want to be a steward. My dad has a car that he loves. And he's like, you take whatever you want. I've never drove it. I'm like, nah, man. I don't want it. I know you really, 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 you care about this car a lot. I mean, he had this car. I came home from the hospital in this car. I mean, he loves it, you know. He takes care of it. Every so often, he repaints it. And I said, nah, 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 I'm not driving that. It'd be just my luck. A dog will run out. Something will go wrong, you know. So as stewards... There, there's already the acknowledgement that what we have is not ours. So look at look at chapter four, verse one, and we'll, we'll get moving through it. Chapter four, first Corinthians, verse one, it says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So first off, Paul says after he's put down the idea of them being elevated too highly, he says, I want you to consider us. In these ways, first of all, he says, I want you to consider us as servants of Christ. That's a common title in the, or, or, or even a, a way that people describe themselves in the New Testament. And a lot of the letters open up that way. James, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Paul, many of his letters opens that way. I want you to recognize that, that that's what I'm a servant of Christ. I'm, I'm subservient to him. I'm, I'm in a I'm in a submissive role underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's where every believer should find themselves. That I'm a servant of Christ. That's what that's after all he's done for me. I counted my privilege to be his servant. Now, again, nobody in their pride, nobody wants to be a servant. 
right? If you're prideful, if, if you're all about you being great, you being something significant, which is what we're going to find out was the issue with the Corinthians. You don't want to be a servant. You don't want to be a slave. You want to be, you want to do your own thing. But Paul said, I want you to consider this. I'm, I consider myself a servant of Christ. I would ask you this morning, could you say that about yourself? Could you say that I'm, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ? I'm subservient to him. I, I submit to him. I obey him. I serve him. That's my purpose in this life is to serve him. Have you found how to serve him, where to serve him? And that's where the next thing comes in. Paul says, I want you to consider us as servants of Christ. And then he says, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Paul said, I, I count myself as a steward. I, I've been... I've been, God's let me in. The mysteries of God, Paul recognizes that there's a blessing on his life and that he understands the word in the way he does. God has done a great thing to bring him into a place where he understands the mysteries of God have been revealed to him. Paul said, I'm a steward of those things. So this is the deal, right? If I'm just a steward, then I don't get glorified for revealing. I'm a steward of his mysteries. He's revealed them to me. I share them with you and he still gets to be the big deal. So today... There's a lot of movements within the church where people want to do things on behalf of God that causes them to shine, causes them to be great. So a lot of your prophet ministries and prophetic things, a lot of times these are people that they want somehow the, the thing that they do, they want it. it it's going to build their name up. I'm prophet such and such, so and so, whatever. It's for them. It's not it's not for him. Paul, look, I'm, I'm a servant of Christ. Paul, who we can verify, was a legit man of God who, who heard from Jesus Christ personally. No question, you know, the validity of his ministry. Paul, look, I'm a servant and I'm just a steward of the mysteries of God. And the thing that's required of a steward is that he be found faithful. God has revealed these things to me and given me the, the commission and the call to distribute them to you. And so I'm sharing them. So I'm giving them out. Once again, I, I just want you to hear the humility because we're going to see in the Corinthian letters, more so when we get down to chapters 12, 13, and 14, when we find out with all of the vocal gifts, the Corinthians were into them, but they weren't using them in a biblical way. And Paul had to fix that up for them and correct them. Um, but we see here, Paul says, look, I, I've been a, I'm a steward of these things. Now, I believe every Christian is a steward. At least if you're if you know the gospel, you're at least a steward of that message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. How to be saved. You're a steward. God has made it known to you. Think about this, that people outside of Christ, people that don't know the Lord, they don't even know that they're lost. They don't know the penalty that they'll pay for remaining lost. And many people don't know what Christ has done to forgive them and redeem them and save them. There are people that think God hates them and he's mad at them and there's no chance for them and there's no way out. They don't know that God would forgive anybody and everybody if they would just come. And so God says, you're a steward of that, Right. We get to go out with that message. I have a responsibility to share that message. They put it out there to give it to people and just leave it with them. See what God does. I'm a steward of that. Anybody here that maybe you've grown up and you've been built up in the word and God has blessed you to be a man or woman that is knowledgeable in the word of God. Be a good steward with that. You know, be a good steward with, with whatever God has given you. When I feel like because of what I know, I just I owe it to God to speak up if I hear something. Uh, if I hear a conversation and, and somebody's talking and I'm hearing something about, something about the Lord, I, I owe it to them. I took BJ to the video game store last week and we're in a video game store and the two guys that work there were talking about some game. And the guy said, yeah, it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of some some Bible stuff. And perk my, I heard Bible and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. 
And he started saying, like, what was he said, what was the person that God told him to kill his son? And, and he had to kill his son on the mountain. And, and he was trying to tie in that story in. But he was like, I was like, that's that's Abram. And he didn't actually kill him. God stopped him right before because he didn't have that part. He was missing that piece. But I just I just jumped right in there like he was talking to me. I owe that to them. You know, he's talking about my dad. You know, he didn't he didn't kill him. Don't 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 make that out to be more than what it was. You know, so I feel like wherever I go. I be I may be somewhere and hear a conversation like that. That's not exactly right. That's not exactly right. There are times where I hear things and I'm like, I just want to go slap five. My family of God, Christians. I'll see people having conversations. I want to just say, what's up, man? I've seen a guy at Starbucks doing discipleship with some guys. And I was over listening. It was good. I mean, he was he was discipling some young men. I just walked over and said, I just want to come say what's up. Good job. God bless you guys. You know, move on. But we're stewards of the word of God, the mysteries of God, the gospel of God, everything that God reveals to us and gives us. We're stewards with our gifts. We're stewards with everything we have. How many of you guys know that everything we have, the Bible says, comes from God? Everything. If you got health and strength, it comes from God. You got knowledge and awareness, it comes from God. If you got gifts, it comes from God. If you have resources, they come from God. Time, it comes from everything we have comes from him. So we want to be good stewards of it. I don't want to manage my life like it's my life. And out the other side of my mouth be saying I've been purchased by the blood of Christ. If I've been purchased, then I belong to him. Amen. And so then everything I have, I'm thankful for it. But I'm just a steward of his stuff, his stuff in my hands, his stuff in in my possession. And Jesus gave parables about the stewards. Um, Same idea. What does the steward require to be faithful, be faithful what he had? Some people are stewards and they're looking at what they have stewardship of and they want what someone else has stewardship of. Don't worry about what they got. Be a good steward what you got. God required of each one that they have been faithful what they had. And you guys know the parable of the talents. One person took it and they, they doubled it up. And they doubled up five and made ten. The other one doubled up two and made four. And the other one buried it in a hole. And when God came, both people that had added to what they had, God said, good job. good, Well done. Good and faithful servant. You know, you've been faithful with a little bit. I'll make you master over much more. But what did he say to the one that buried it and did nothing with it? You wicked and evil servant. You're going to have your place with the hypocrites where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's that's I'll I'll do a whole study on that right there. But, you know, I don't want to be that servant. We want to be faithful. So one thing I would ask you as you're writing notes, what do you have? What has God blessed you with? What do, you, what do you recognize that, you know, I, I need to be a better steward of this part of my life. What does God bless you with? Some of you guys have gifts that they're not fully tapped into, but God wants to tap fully into them. Uh, some of you guys have abilities and, and knowledge that God's like, I want to tap in to those things. Some of you have resources that God's like, I want to tap in. I want you to be a good steward of everything. How could you use everything that you have and everything that you are for my glory? And it may be your resource may be that I got time. I got this amount of time every man. Spend that on the Lord. Give God some of that. Be a good steward of that. Use it for him. And so again, Paul says, look, I'm a servant of the Lord, a servant of Christ. I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. And one thing, moreover, it is required of a steward that he be found faithful. So Paul says, my job, my goal, my what I'm trying to do is be faithful. And even as he speaks to the Corinthians, we're going to see sometimes Kind of he's got to be kind of harsh with them and he's dealing with correction. And that's not really always fun to do. But even in that, Paul said, I'm being a good steward. You know, it's sometimes very difficult to love somebody with the truth. So that's why a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people don't tell people the truth. If you got people in your life that are willing to tell you the truth, you need to value them and keep them close. 
You know what happens a lot of times to the people that tell you the truth? You fight them and kick them out. And then all you keep around is everybody that just will lie to you or won't say nothing. That's what most people do because it's comfortable. I don't want nobody telling me what's wrong with me. Get out of my life. You're judging me. That's what Christians, that's a, that's a Christian version of it. You stop judging me. You know, we kick them out of our life. Now there's no one to tell you the truth. So you just get to stay where you at. But be mindful that God will put people in your life that will, because they love you, speak to you truth. Truth to help you. Truth to transform you. Truth to draw you closer to the Lord. Appreciate those people. Don't push them out. Don't fight them. So moving on, verse three, it says, but with me, Paul says, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself for I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. So Paul says this. Remember last chapter, Paul was talking about rewards and how that we can do things in such a way that God rewards them. Uh, we can do things in such a way that they don't receive reward. We can serve and live in front of people in such a way that people applaud us. They're like, oh, you're so great. You're awesome. Paul says, look, you all don't judge me. I don't judge me. I'm, I'm living before the Lord. Everybody here, just refrain from making those judgments because the day is coming where God is going to judge all of us. Y'all don't worry about me. I'm not going to worry about you. Let's all worry about what, what's going to happen when we stand before the Lord. Sometimes we can be so distracted worrying about how they're doing. Are they sincere? Is that really right what they're doing? And we can be looking at everybody else and God is saying, what about you? <laughs> when you die and stand before me, it's going to be me and you. Are you going to be rewarded? Are, are the things that you're doing, are they done out of, a, out of a right heart, out of a good motive? We want to be mindful of ourselves. Paul said, I'm, the day that we're waiting for is the day where we're all going to be judged. God said the secret things are going to be revealed. Now, that's good and bad, right? There are some people that in a very secret way do really wonderful things. There are people that in a really secret way, they pray and they intercede for other people. Nobody sees it. Nobody knows it. There are people that when no one's looking, they're seeing needs and they're giving and meeting needs and taking it. Nobody knows. They're just, they're doing things that are not, people aren't applauding them or rewarding them or saying, wow, you're great, but they're steady, faithfully, but God is seeing everything that they're doing. And so God says those hidden things are going to be revealed one day. And so for those that are maybe serving hard and not being, you know, there's no earthly recognition. That's all right. Don't 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 worry about that. God says, I see that. God also sees the, the secret things, the, the, the wrong motives. And everybody here has done the right thing with the wrong motive at some point in time. I know I have. Um, there have been times where I could write a book. You know, I've, I've done things. I, I can think of things I've done in my house. Where I'm like, I, I mean, I, I did a good thing. You know, I think my wife would really like me to do I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to knock this out. But in the back of my mind, if I be honest, I was like, is she going to come home? This is going to be done. It's going to be all right. You know, <laughs> I, I wasn't really just my motives weren't completely like I just love the Lord and I want to knock this out to be a blessing to my wife. My motive was it was different. You know, um, she's not here today, so I can tell that. So, <laughs> you know, but that's the sort of thing where God would see the heart and be like, man. Dirty, you know what's wrong with you? So he knows. I, I know ain't no reward in heaven for that kind of work, that kind of labor. He sees those things, right? All things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. But God also sees when there's a pure motive, when the heart is right, and the heart is saying, "Man, I just love the Lord, and I see this need, and I want to do the right thing because God is watching. He's God sees that." So 
We want to become more conscious and more aware of the fact that we live before him and he sees everything. Amen. Um, less mindful of the fact that people are watching, because sometimes that's the issue for us. We can be so concerned with what they think, how they feel, how will they view what I'm doing that we forget that. What about what God thinks? Just do what you know God wants and let them catch up. That's a better way to live. Do what the Lord wants. Do what would please the Lord and then let everybody else feel how they want to feel about it. You got to be right with God. Don't even do it to please me. I don't want people to, because when you die, I won't be there. I won't be there with my tally saying, yep, I thought that was good. And I thought, Lord, Lord, let me tell you about this. God won't be there. I ain't part of that process. So if you live to please him, you'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be, it'll be so much better. It takes pressure off of us too. God doesn't want us living under the pressure of wondering what people think, how they feel, how they respond. God wants us living for him. And you'll be amazed at how it frees you to be the man or the woman God wants you to be when you begin to just live with him in mind. God, I'm asking you what you want. Lord, I'm seeking you in prayer. God, I'm reading the word and I'm, I'm believing that you want me to move in this way. And so I'm going to obey you because you're God. And you just live that way for the glory of God, the pleasure of the Lord. And it, it, it'll free you, be delivered. Paul lived that way. And when it did, there were people that hated Paul for living that way. But there were people that loved him as he lived that way. Paul didn't do it so that they would love him and they would hate him. He just did it for the Lord and the chip fell where they may. As you walk with the Lord and live to honor him, there'll be people that they love you for. They'll appreciate your stance and your commitment to Christ and what it means to them. And there'll be people that can't stand you for it. You have to be okay with that. We live in a very weak, weak, weak Christian culture where people want so badly to be liked and received so bad that many times we won't even tell the truth. There are ministers that won't tell somebody that, you know, if you, you, if you live like that, you would go to hell. There are ministers that won't, they won't say that anymore. This is so offensive and people get mad and, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I'd rather offend you now than for you to enter hell and be like, that pastor lied to me. I think that would be worse. I, I, I don't want someone in hell looking back like, I asked him and he said it was okay. And so you want to be careful about living in the fear of man. The Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. It'll ensnare you and trap you and keep you from being the man or woman God wants you to be. God would have us to be free. So the first thing Paul says is we're stewards, right? He's a steward. We're encouraged in our stewardship. I'm encouraging everybody here that you'd evaluate your life, evaluate what's in your hands, what's God given you, not what you wish you had, not what you hope to receive, not what you want to get in the future. What's in your hands right now? And are you being a good steward with what you have? Because you know how God's reward system works. When you're faithful with what you have, you get more. When you're not faithful with what you have, God takes away what you have and gives it to someone else more faithful. You end up with nothing. So if you're not a faithful steward, you're standing there with your hands full of stuff, don't stand there too long. It'll start to empty out. It'll start to empty out, start to go away. And so everybody here, where you're at right now, evaluate. God, what do I have? And what can I do? Can I do? What can I do for you? How can I be a better steward of what I have? And do that. Be a good steward of what you have. Use it for his glory. Nobody will regret sowing into eternity, using what they have for God's glory. You'll regret sitting on it and not doing anything with it. That'll be more regrettable. So... For, for where you are right now, consider what you have and make sure God want to be a good steward. The one thing that's required of a steward is that he be found faithful. Next section, look at verse um, six. 
Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. I love that. I don't want you to think beyond what's written. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This book addresses the idea of confronting sin. Paul knew it was more important to hit the issue head on rather than skirt around it for the sake of being approved of by the majority. This is a hard thing to do when you know that tough issues will cause disruption in a church or even a breach in relationship. But what matters most, pleasing God or pleasing man? It's something to keep in mind as you continue to study this New Testament book. Can we encourage you as you strive to walk out a life of faith, even when it's unpopular? Call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. We'd love to meet you. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You can even find links to stream our services if you're not able to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and may be hearing about Jesus for the first time? Pray that their hearts will be open to truth and change. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word.